Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Okay, while we're waiting for the song, I just want to say I'm going to be continuing with angels. I think I did frighten a few people away last week because I don't see some familiar faces. So I hope they don't think that I'm a heretic in any way, like with the focus on angels. But I just want to say to you, you are a spirit being. You are not a natural being. If something happens to this body, the inner part of you is still alive. Your spirit is exactly the same. For those that are walking around and you don't know Jesus, the Bible just says that spirit is dead but that spirit is still you. And I just want you to take that as your focus. Let's not try and understand what I'm teaching in the natural, but let's just hear it from our spirits. Okay? Let's listen to this song. Stephen might say I'm wasting time, but it's... Angels, angels in the night. Angels, angels from on high. Messengers of grace, messengers of light. Angels, angels fill the skies. Angels from the highest height, glory all around. Heaven reaching out, a song we've never beautiful the sound singing of the angelic hosts that are around us. And that's really what I want you to do is I want you to see in your spirit that we are very few people here this morning, but there are multitudes of angels. So the seat next to you is not empty. In fact, every seat is full and there's angels hanging from the rafters. There's angels even standing. That's how packed this auditorium is. And we've got to see it. We've got to 
see that wherever the presence of Jesus is, angels are all around because they're attracted to worship. They're attracted to prayer. They're attracted to Jesus Christ inside of you. So there are angels all around. And just to mention that last week, I brought in a little point that there are over 330 mentions of angels in the Bible. That equates to probably every fourth page. And yet it's something that hasn't been preached on a lot, spoken on a lot, learned a lot. For some reason, there's a little bit of a fear of angels. And it all comes from the two scriptures, which is don't worship them, don't receive a teaching from them. Am I right? And in that, we have put them onto the back burner, and I don't want to see, I don't want to hear, I don't want to know anything about angels. In fact, that little picture that I got there, that I put above angels, it's under the category of fantasy in your computer. That's how the world sees angels, fairies, goblins, gnomes, all hodgepodged into a little bucket together and called fantasy. Um, I did another little search about this last week. Me, I love my researching and all that. And do you want to know how often demons are mentioned in the Bible? Who wants to take a guess? 330 angels. How many demons? How many times are demons mentioned in the Bible? Sorry? 30. 30 times. And how much focus has there been on them? Huh? 30 times. I was shocked. And I thought, gee, Janet, you're just as guilty as the rest of the church. My focus has been on spiritual warfare, put alarms, all these demons that are coming to take and steal everything that they can from us. And I haven't focused on the angels that never fell, that are there to serve us and to minister to us. Hello, who's excited about that? I think we need to become obsessed with angels and not with the demonic spirits and powers and forces. Satan just loves to have our attention. He almost demands our attention goes into the demonic realm. Movies, songs. He just knows how to capture the individual. So just during the week, gosh, I... I am long-winded, but please forgive me. Just ask God to give you grace for me, and I'm going to give you loads of grace. But this whole thing, when I was preparing, I looked at the day, and it was 2002-2020. That night, while I was watching television, or I wasn't watching television because it's boring cricket, my mom, who loves cricket and that load shedding, said uh, something about 2020. I said to Stephen, I don't know, she said something about the cricket 2020. And God just said to me, 2020. And I just felt like God said to me, 2020 vision, 20% spirit, 20% natural. That is the, this is the year that he's going to open your spiritual ears and eyes. And there's going to be an increase of angelic activity towards the end days. And even last week after I preached, I had Henry and Joel and Joan come and say, they saw angels in this building. Do you know each of us can see angels? Anybody here who was here last week, have an angelic encounter this week? Anybody? Nobody? <laughs> so, sorry, I didn't either. Okay. So let's, okay, and then 2020. God, God just led me to the scripture, but I don't know, take it and leave it as you like. There's this whole thing of 2020. It's in the Passion Translation, John 2020. It says, then he showed them the wounds of his hands. 
and on his side. And they were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. It speaks about eyes again, seeing. I really believe we are going into a time in the church that if we are not seeing, we are going to be left behind. I really believe it. I'm not a seer. I don't see into the spirit realm. I've told you that. But prophetically, I'm saying to you this morning, if you cannot see what God is doing in the spirit realm as an individual or as a church, we are going to be left behind and become another denomination. Okay. Okay. I told the angels to move along. Where did I point it? It doesn't want to work. On, 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 on. Okay, great. Sorry, I think he was blocking me at the back and angels had sorted him out. Okay, 2 Kings 6 verse 15. We are going to read loads of scripture this morning. Loads. And if I had my way, you'd be reading even more. Okay, because it's just, it's the only thing that can qualify me standing up and preaching on what I'm preaching about or teaching what I'm teaching about. 2 Kings 6 verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early in the morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. So he asked Elisha, Oh, my master, what are we to do? Do not be afraid, Elisha answered, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. 3,300. Okay. Uh, then Elisha prayed, Oh, Lord. And Janet prayed, Please open the eyes that he and she may... See, and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. The Lord opened the eyes of the people in highway. Okay. And they saw the hills were full of horses and chariots and fire. All around. How exciting is that? How would you like to see what, they, what Elisha and his servants saw? More are those that are for you than those that are against you. If there's a demon on your case, there's 30 angels on your case. Okay. We need to see or at the very least become aware of the angelic presences around us. Because we too often focus on looking at that that is against us than that that is for us. In Ephesians 1 verse 18, point, point, got it? Back. Yeah. Oh, where's Ephesians 1 verse 18? I'm sorry. I'm pointing. What point there? There. <laughs> Steve, I don't know what's going on with this thing. I'm sorry. Unless that scripture isn't written. Maybe it's not on. Okay, let me don't worry, Steve. No, don't worry. <laughs> Come on. Okay, Ephesians 1 verse 18. You can just listen to this. I pray that the light of God will illuminate your eyes. This is, don't read those notes. Hey, Stephen said I'm going to put them off when I don't talk. <laughs> this is hysterical. Okay, just listen. Just close your eyes and listen. I pray that the light of God would illuminate the eyes of your imagination 
flooding you with light until they experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling, glorious inheritances. Angels are one of our inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. That is the wealth of God. John 12 verse 20 says, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn so that I can heal them. And then if we do become a Christian, what does the devil do? He blinds us. The Bible says we begin to look at God through a veil. We, we just disqualify ourselves all the time. And that veil was broken at the cross. Our eyes need to have 20-20 vision. And yes, we do. We need a, a discerning spirit. We do. We need a discerning spirit. We don't want to be led astray. We want to focus on Jesus Christ. But heck, his blessings and our inheritances in him are huge. And I think we're just beginning to open up that cupboard and take out those gifts. Okay, we're going to go to Hebrews now from what I did last week. Are not angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So they're waiting at the people that are going to inherit salvation. And when you do inherit, they said, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to serve you. What do you want me to do? And we go, oh, nothing. The angels are spirit winds of ministry sent to minister to those. This is in the um, TPT to minister to those who are destined to receive salvation. The angels are glad to minister to us. Why? They see us in Christ. They minister between heaven and earth. And then we also looked at that angels are liturgy. Basically, they're spirit beings that serve in the king's courts of heaven. And they bring messages from heaven, courts to earth, to you and I. Okay. We discussed how they... Respond to prayer, to worship, to the spoken word of God, to faith. Praying in the Spirit is another one because the Bible says he's praying in the tongues of angels. I said, isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit and angels work together? The Holy Spirit inside of me is praying, uttering words, and the angels are taking those words and being activated. It's probably the only time they get to do things for us. If I, well, in my life anyway. And then I think another thing that activates angels is giving. When they see you giving and that, they can access heaven's riches for that person. Glory. And they give it to you. And everything, I mean, I spoke about this at Christmas. It's voice activated. You see, Elisha didn't pray. He said, open his eyes that he may see. Everything is voice activated. Lord, open my eyes that I may see. Holy Spirit and Jesus, yes, they do know what's going on inside of you, but the angelic beings cannot. They don't know. And then we also discussed that if we publicly confess angels before God, ah, angels before God, if we publicly confess Jesus before men, Jesus confesses us to the angels. It's almost like, okay, off you go, another one. So anyway, so I also, in doing this whole topic, one of the things that I notice is there are so many similarities between the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Ah, Holy Spirit, yes, and Jesus, they're one and the same. But the Holy Spirit and angels. And I just thought with the similarities that you see in the Word of God, it's little wonder that people can fall into angel worship. Because they are so similar in their function and their roles. 
But I thought, let's just discuss a little bit about their differences, their similarities, and our relationship with them. I just think it's very, very important to do that. Okay. So, number one, the Holy Spirit is God. He is the very Spirit of God. Just as I said, I am a spirit of Janet, taken over by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He is not a she, whatever you want to say. Holy Spirit is not a created being. Angels were created by the triune Godhead. Okay, so we've got to put them in their place. Hence the jealousy of, of the devil, the Lucifer who fell. Because God was there. He created angels to serve in heaven. He must love to be worshipped because the angels love worshipping him. Um, but then he decided to make man in his image. Lucifer was jealous, and hence his fall. I'm going to speak about that. Guess what? I'm going to speak about that next week. Sorry, you got me again. I just said to Steve, I've just got too much information. Too much information. The Holy Spirit comes upon us and inside of us on invitation. Just as when we get baptized in water, it's an outside declaration that we believe in Jesus, we've accepted Jesus. The Bible then says, I will now declare you before the angels. The Holy Spirit comes upon us by invitation. It's called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then he, the Holy Spirit begins to release gifts in us and through us. Okay. And all we are is a vessel. The Holy Spirit leads, guides, and teaches us. He empowers us from the inside out. It's an internal thing. Angels are external. Just remember that angels will never come inside of you. If you do have an angel wanting to come inside of you, you are probably communicating with a fallen angel. Okay. Angels do not teach us. They use the word of God and they declare the word of God to us and God's promises to us. They will remind us vocally of God's promise. How many people here have had an angel speak to them audibly? Not a lot here. It really has to start happening. When you see it in the scriptures how often angels speak, you're going to be amazed. Okay, we can never be separated from the Holy Spirit once he's inside of us. It's a sealed thing. Like the Bible says, a stamp, wax seal, can't be broken, never leaves us. He's stuck inside our bodies. Shame if you're naughty. Wonderful if you're an obedient servant. But I'm angels. I think your God and angel might go with you, but I think it's debatable whether the lead... The hordes of heavens will surround you when you do wrong things. I think you lose a little bit of angelic support there. Okay. Angels can guide us. You'll see in the Bible, often people, are, the disciples were guided, led, prompted by angels. And the early church was filled with angelic activity. You also see how closely, if you read the Bible, angels and the Holy Spirit work. In the Old Testament, it was God and angels. In the New Testament, it seems to become the Holy Spirit and angels. Okay, Acts 8.26. Let's read together. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, 
goes south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. And he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandaki, Kandake, Kandake, <laughs> the queen of Ethiopia. So that was, she was the Kandake, <laughs> okay? The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. So he was obviously a Jew. Am I right, wrong? Okay. And he was now returning. He was seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of Isaiah, the prophet. And then in verse 29, now the Holy Spirit steps in. The angel told him where to be. The Holy Spirit now takes over and says to Philip, go over and walk alongside his carriage. I mean, hello. I would listen to somebody if I was in a carriage and my horses are going, and next thing this person comes and walks next to me. <laughs> and my horses are going, this person just walks. Oh, by the way, I would listen. Would you? Okay. I mean, how the heck does a person get to walk next to a moving carriage? He didn't go to stand and go, stop, I've got a message. <laughs> he walks alongside. I mean, it's, it's supernatural. Okay, Acts 27. 23 to 25. Once we're focusing on how angels and the Holy Spirit work together. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial. Remember, Paul's on the boat. There's a storm. Everybody's, Oh, we're going to die. We're going to die. Okay? An angel comes and says, Well, no, don't be afraid. What did he? He said to Paul, His ears, he heard it. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Remember, early on Paul was told, do not be afraid when you stand before Caesar because the Holy Spirit will give you words. So what happens now? An angel comes and reminds Paul of the promise of God. The Holy Spirit has told you he's going to speak through you. You're not going to die. Don't be afraid. I just love it how they just work together. Okay, Acts 10 verse 3. Do you think you've got the point or should I give you another one? <laughs> one day at about the ninth hour, he had a clear vision of an angel, an angel of God. This is a vision who came to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius stared at him in fear. I would be fearful if I saw an angel, okay? And asked, what is it, Lord? So often people call angels Lord. And I think I've had many, many experiences with angels and of the Holy Spirit or Lord, okay? The angel doesn't correct him. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts, see how angels respond to giving, have ascended as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for a man named Simon, who is called Peter, he is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel had spoke to him and gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and said, okay, off you go to Joppa. Acts 10 verse 19, it says, uh, verse 9, and you can see at the same time as the angel is speaking to Cornelius, the Holy Spirit and the angels are working with, with um, Peter. Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry, wanted something to eat. I wonder why they never went to the toilet. <laughs> Just wanted something to eat. 
So while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheep being let down. And basically unclean animals were filled with him. He says, Peter, get up, kill and eat. He says, no, Lord. He says, I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The boy spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and the sheep was taken back up to heaven. But you can see there how the angels and the Holy Spirit are working together to bring this gospel to the Gentiles. I mean, it's amazing. In the Old Testament, we see God and the angels working together. We see that with um, Abraham and Isaac, where God says to Abraham, go and sacrifice your son Isaac. Then Isaac gets to the top and an angel stops him. and says, no, no, don't worry. God has provided a lamb. And just how the angels were there to witness the very first covenant made by God and man. I mean, it's huge. They are very, very, very present in our lives. Okay, so, so, so I think it's a little wonder that people want to worship angels when you see their abilities and their capabilities. And especially if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ properly, I think you can easily be led astray. But their role is primarily to serve you, Amy. Isn't it amazing to know that you've got angels to serve you specifically in your gifting, in your sports? I used to say to Rain, praying, ask God to bless you in your swimming races or whatever, and you say, but what if there's somebody else praying? Because <laughs> he wants to come first. But I say, it doesn't matter. You do, and you access what heaven has for you. Forget about other people. Okay. Angels are there to undergird, to protect, to strengthen, to declare God's intent and purposes. We need angels. The disciples needed them. Jesus needed them. Needed them. We spoke at nauseam about that last week, how Jesus depended on angels. I don't know why we've just given them the back seat. And once again, I'm going to say I'm convinced most of our interactions with angels have probably been the angels in human forms because of our fear. Especially Western culture, we, we have a huge fear of the spirit realm. I mean, I was chatting to Bernard and Megan, and he said an angel appeared in his room. He looked out, it was 12 foot high, bright, dazzling light. So what did he do? He hid under his blanket. Okay. It's just one of those things. And it's just statistically, it's shocking how many Christians in America are now trying to access the supernatural realm and the angelic realm to find out things. And they're paying good money for it. So if you learn how to access angels, whee, you could be quick. <laughs> no. But angels will always turn your attention. If it's not a fallen angel, that angel will always turn your attention back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. The angel will always say to you, don't worship me, worship God. If it's a fallen angel, he's going to offer you more than what you can think you can get, like in the Garden of Eden, he offered Adam and Eve a whole better deal. He tried to offer Jesus in the, God, in the desert a whole better deal. And, you know, they say if it's too good to be true, it probably isn't. So don't be deceived by their lies. Okay. Let's just speak about the different roles of angels now. And this is just some sack, a little bit of Bible. You can add to it, you can take it, you can leave it. It's not, uh, it's just different categories of angels, and I think there's probably thousands and hundreds, and so I've just done a few, okay? 
All right. Salvation angels. I'm not going to reread that scripture because that's with Peter. They were intent on the salvation of the Gentiles. So they work with God and the Holy Spirit to bring the salvation message to your loved ones, to this city, this town, and the nations. I mean, and basically we also see how angels work to set us free from religious spirits. Oh, it's unclean, I won't do that. They work together to set us free and to keep us free. In fact, oops. in fact, like we've got a friend who runs a church this day in Cyprus, um, used to be in our life group yeah, way back, way back, way back, when we were passionate and young and zealous and taking the world to Jesus. This guy got saved. He used to do astral projection. Who knows astral traveling? Astral projection. And that was his thing. Went to the bed one night or had a nap or whatever. He found himself lying on his back, sending his spirit out into the spirit realm. He met an angel. And the angel said to him, go back to your body and serve Jesus. And he did. And he got born again. I mean, how does that happen? Hey? In Luke 15, verse 10, in the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Angels love salvation. Hebrews 1.14, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Then we get harvesting angels. The harvest at the end of age, and the harvest is off. Angels, we talk, angels harvest. Hey, the hard work is done to them. Thank you, Lord. Matthew thirteen thirty. this scripture really set me free. I just want to read it to you. You must allow, you know, when, when, when the disciples or whatever, they wanted to quickly separate the wheat and the chaff, I can't remember if it was a parable or whatever. They wanted to separate it. And then Jesus said, you must allow them both to grow together until the time of harvest. At that time, I will tell my harvesters, the angels, to make sure they gather the wheat first, tie them in bundles to be burned, and there will be a harvest of wheat to be put in the barn. And that scripture, why I say it set me free, is I was a little bit of a, a judge, hey? Cutter. Cutter. You know? And God said to me, I'm leaving the weeds with you in this church because I love them. And I'm giving them an opportunity to become wheat, to repent, right till the very end. And all I wanted to do was give the weeds the boot. Okay. <laughs> You're really leading the flock astray. <laughs> Revelations 14, verse 15, it says, Then another angel came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud, Take your sickle and reap. Because the time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. As I said, there's going to be more and more angelic activity as we get closer and closer to the end times. Then the next one I've got there is revelation angels. I just mentioned to Steve, people that are seers and see angels, they say often when revelation comes into a building, they come in as blue lights. Okay, but I'm just throwing that in here. Galatians 3 verse 19 in the Passion Translation says, Why then was the law given? It was meant to be an intermediary agreement added after God gave the promise of the coming one. It was given to show men how guilty they were. We all know this scripture, okay? We're just reading it together. 
and it remained in force until the seed Jesus was born to fulfill the promises given to Abraham, which are now our promises in Jesus Christ. When God gave the law, he didn't give it to them directly. He first gave it to angels. The angels gave it to Moses, and Moses then gave it to the people. Hello. The angels are there when the law was given. Revelations 1 verse 1. Is it up? There you go. This is the unveiling of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to share with his loving servants what must occur swiftly. He clearly made it known by sending his angel to his loving servant, John. The angels made things known, revealed. What is a mission? It's basically an assignment. What assignment do you have here on earth? What is your mission? Why are you here? Mission sounds like James Bondish, eh? But it's, there's a reason we are here. What is our assignment? Is it just to save souls? Is it to make money to support the church? Is it to see the world healed like Mark and Tam want to do? We all have a mission, and God has given us angels to undergird that mission. And if you want to see miracles, I encourage you to start stepping into that mission. If you want to see miracles, what is in your heart? What burns you at night? What, what ignites your spirit? Step into that thing and you'll begin to see miracles. Okay, I'm doing okay for time. Okay, how many minutes am I allowed to go over? Tell me, tell me, tell me, how many minutes can I keep you here? Anybody got something in the oven? A bun in the oven? No, no, I'm teasing. Are you all okay? Okay, 1 Kings, 19, 5 to 7. He lay down and slept under a juniper tree. Who's he speaking about here? Elijah. He was running away, eh? And behold, there was an angel touching him. And he said to him, Arise, eat. Then he looked, and behold, there was a head, at his head a bread cake, baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank, and then he lay down and fell asleep again. The angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and he ate and he drank, and he went in the strength of that food and that water for 40 nights and days. Hello, who wants one of these bread cakes? <laughs> I might lose that weight I'm so desperately wanting to lose. <laughs> I mean, this is food given by an angel. Hello. And Hagar in Genesis 17:7. It says that God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter? Do not be afraid. God has heard your boy crying as he lies there. Once again, you get people that are starving and hungry. Lift the boy up, take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. See, he's declaring the promise of God to Hagar for the son. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. She went and she filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. Hey, angels built a well in a moment of time. Not only do they make cake and water that can last you for 40 days, they can build a well in the blink of an eye. Close your eye, open your eye, there's a well. A 
I mean, this is supernatural. Okay. Isaiah 40, verse 1. God is speaking to his angels and commanding them, comfort, comfort my people. God is wanting his angels to serve you. Um, we see, so we're just seeing there how angels can naturally source things. What we see as natural things, they have access to that. I mean, hello, I don't think I've ever done that. Prosperity angels. Everybody goes, oh, no, Janet, there you go again. Okay. <laughs> angels can access the wealth of heaven, and they can bring it to earth. It's part of their calling, part of their mandate to us. They will open doors of opportunity for you. They will release you into the prosperity of God. Do you believe it? It's up to you. Jacob's ladder in Genesis. thought this was really, really good. I don't think I've put it in here. Can you just go down? No. Okay. And Jacob had a dream, so you can just listen to this, about a ladder that rested in the earth, and its top was reaching heaven. Am I in trouble? Okay. And God's angels were going up and down the ladder. <laughs> up and down. And God is speaking to Jacob. And he says, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, who's our father, we are the line of Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants. Hello? Who's a descendant of Abraham? You were adopted. You know, can I add a story here? Very, very quickly. Um, um, my grandfather started a cold ring factory at the Kimberley gold mine when they were digging for diamonds, diamond, diamond hole. You know the biggest, the Kimberley hole? And he used to sell cold drinks and a whole lot of things to the miners, and this grew into a huge factory, and they became incredibly wealthy. It's still, some of their bottles are in the museum there, Sullivan's. And um, what happened was, through a comedy of errors and the way life goes, um, my grandmother died. He then ended up marrying my grandmother's sister, who couldn't have children, they adopted a child together who then inherited the entire wealth that was made from when this place was bought up by Coca-Cola. Out of the family line completely, an adopted child, that is what we are. We are adopted by Abraham. Out of the family line, out of the bloodline, the wealth of heaven is now ours because of Abraham. I think it is something to be excited about, hey? Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west, east, north, south. All the families, my family, of the earth will be blessed. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing on my family through your offspring. Look, I am with you and I'll watch over you and wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I've done what I have promised. Psalm 103.21 Basically, I'm going to try and speed myself up a bit. I find it very hard, but I will try. Okay, the Lord delights in the prosperity of his servants. Why would he not then surround us with angels that can access what is in heaven and bring it to earth? Genesis 24, verse 7, 40. Was it on? Oh, top one, okay. 
He will send his angel before you. This is, he's talking to Abraham. And he told me, the Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you and make your journey a success. The Lord will send an angel with you to give you success. So we see that this angel led Abraham into great prosperity. Whatever he did was successful. Whatever he put his hand to turned to gold. I was just convinced that the angel took the fish out of the river and opened his mouth and stuck the coins, <laughs> threw it back in, and he made sure that it bit the hook. <laughs> I don't know. How else could a fish be controlled like that? Healing angels. John 4, 4 verse 5. For an angel of God would periodically descend upon the pool to stir the water. And the first one who stepped in was healed. Yeah, it was a bit mean, but anyway. That was, you know, Bethesda, and that means house of loving kindness. It also says that he will rise up with healing in his wings. Does Jesus have wings? Does it speak about Jesus having wings in the Bible? It just means he's going to rise and the angels are going to be released to bring healing to us. I mean, I think it's amazing. Prophetic angels, not pathetic ones, prophetic. There are certain angels that prophesy, but I'll cut this very, very short because it could, I could go on forever because we spoke about it on Christmas Day in the book of Revelation. But prophetic angels are there like to Paul. Did God not tell you that you are going to speak before Caesar? They are going to remind you of the prophetic words that God has given you. Did God not tell you you are going to be the head and not the tail? Did God not tell you that you are going to prosper in all your ways? They're there just to remind you. And that's what a prophetic angel does. They take what is in heaven and they declare it over you on earth. Okay, then just a little addition here. City country angels. It was, I was asked about it last week. Is everybody okay? You're also with me. I'm... Ah! Okay, I'm going to stop. Deuteronomy 32, verse 8, 9. God most high gave land to every nation. He assigned a guardian angel to each of them that the Lord himself take care of, care, takes care of Israel. Isn't it amazing? Of every country, every place, there is a guardian angel. But the Lord says, no, no, I'm going to put an angel over Israel. I'm going to take care of Israel. And then guardian angels is the last one, and then I'm going to stop. And... Um, Basically, that was quite funny. Psalm 91 verse 4, it says he will cover you with his feathers. There's a little story that goes that like a woman was attacked and she remembered the scripture and all she shouted out was feathers, feathers, feathers. And God rescued her. It's not like you've got to remember the scripture verbatim. I mean, I remember when um, Jamie's mum, there you, I saw you earlier. There you when she, got, when she was being attacked or hijacked in her car, all she did was start shouting, shouting, and the guys looked at her, and I mean, she's a small little lady, in absolute fear, and ran away. What did they see? Feathers? <laughs> Angels have been in my life constantly, constantly, I tell you, they've worked hard, but not as hard as they should, to keep me out of danger and death. And I, my prayer is that you are going to have such an awareness I'm going to put that off because people are trying to read that one. Do I just hold it down? How do I put it off? Okay, let's close now because I really think I've given you enough information. It's time for lunch, time for tea, and I can probably just pick up my last point next week and then add it in. 
But let's, let's just suppose you say this whole, this prayer. Oopsie, I might have to put this back on. I'm sorry. Are you, uh, let me ask you this question first. Are you convinced by me that angels want to work on your behalf? Are you convinced? If anybody's not convinced, don't pray this or don't speak this out. Let's just declare this together out. Father, I am convinced. I want to hear your voices. Angels want to hear your voices. I'm convinced it is your will to use angels to bless me in many ways. Help me to be alert and aware of their presence, that I might cooperate fully with them to the glory of your name. Let your spirit deposit in me both the gift of discerning spirits and the willingness to develop a discipline of discerning by faithful practice. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sorry I, I really... No, it's fine, Jane. We so loved it. Fun. It was excellent. I love that differentiation between the ministry of the Holy Spirit and angels. Because I think sometimes we just think it's the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's not jealous. He gets all out of bent, out of shape. We, we ascribe to him things that just angels are doing for us. But Holy Spirit's not there as our servant. Holy Spirit is God in us. Angels are our servants. And when we pray and we see things being activated, it's not because the Holy Spirit's running around at our every woman fancy, but it's the angels running around at our beck and our commands, our prayers, our words, praying in the Spirit. But if we're not aware of it, we don't expect it. And, and I want to stand, us to stand up as we, we go out. And I want to just also pray a prayer. Thanks for that prayer, Jan. But I want to pray now that, that our eyes will be open to see that there are angels right now going out into our future to make a way for us where we have held on to the promises of God and not seen breakthrough. We declare, thank you, Lord. Every promise spoken over us is yes and amen. We thank you, Lord, that you commission the angels to serve us. And we thank you that every promise spoken is yes and amen. And we declare, Lord, angels going into our businesses, into contracts that have not been signed yet, that are putting the file at the top of the pile. We thank you, Lord, that there are angels amongst our children and our families that we've been praying for to get saved, that the angels are at work ministering to heirs of salvation. Our sons and daughters will serve Jesus. Our brothers and sisters will serve Jesus. Our parents will serve Jesus. We receive that. We stand on it. We thank you, Lord, that we will be a prosperous people. We will be a people that, are, that get ahead and not fall behind. And all God's people agreed as the angels are ministering servants uh, to God's people in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. God bless. Have an awesome Sunday. Thanks, Jane, for sharing.